it's good to have a friend in Jesus. And then it's good to have an earthly friend. Happy Mother's Day, Happy Women's Day. But most of all, I thank you that it's God's day. And I don't know what you mean when you talk about a Mother's Day message, but I've just prepared what God has given me. And I'm sure mothers, as well as others, will be, if God does what God does, will be blessed. I want to thank God for this opportunity. I am also humbled by this. I want to thank my pastor for his prayers, his encouragement, his counsel. I want to thank the women's ministry for this opportunity. I want to thank friends and family who are here, my husband, my mother. Um, there are six of us who've been friends for 50 years, over 50 years, and we celebrated our friendship last year, and I see they've tipped in uh, on me. I see some cousins that I haven't seen in a while, some coworkers and business partners. I just want to thank everyone for being here. But it's not about me. It's about God. And I want God to speak to you as well as God to speak to me because that's what it's all about. If you would bow with me. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, it's just another opportunity to share what I know about you. And I know that you're good. I'm nothing in and of myself, and I, I know that. But I want to thank you for being God in my life. And I ask that you will just move me out of the way. You know how I feel right now, but it's not about me. I pray that something that I do or something that I say might touch someone else. And that somebody who doesn't know you is the most important thing, is that they come to know you before it's everlasting too late. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. The devil will be the devil. And my computer went out yesterday. My husband fixed it this morning, but I wasn't staying up for that to happen. <laughs> but I know God is able. Our scripture for today is uh, Romans 12, and it's 1 and 2. If you would stand for the word of God. Do we have Romans 1, 12 and 1? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and a perfect will of God. Thank you. God's telling us in that verse, he says, I beseech, I urge, I ask, I appeal, I'm requesting you. I'm requesting you to do what I've asked you to do in view of God's mercy, 
in view of all the mercies of God, is telling us that God has already done something on our behalf. And he wants us to make some decisive decisions in presenting ourselves and our service for him and our worship to him. Then he tells us, don't conform to this world. Don't conform to this age, this time, these customs. Don't pattern yourselves after the world. He didn't say it in a mammy-pammy way. This is a command. This is a demand. It's a requirement. Then he says, but be transformed, be converted, be changed, be altered, be modified by the renewing of your minds, which means to restart, to restore to a different state, to change your attitude, that we may prove, show, and demonstrate what is the perfect and acceptable will of God. I'm reminded of how God provided a way of escape for the Israelites from Egypt after a season of bondage. He was taking them to the land of promise, which was Canaan. But he had some clear instructions for them he told them, you kill the inhabitants when you get in the land, as you expand across the land. As each tribe is assigned where they're living, I've left people there so that the animals wouldn't take over the land, but I don't want you to leave them in the land. I don't want you to mingle with their sons and daughters, and I don't want you to take on their customs and start worshiping other gods. Now that's the challenge for us today. There's some necessary things for us to be involved in, partake in. We might even refer to some of them as tools so that we can function effectively in this world. Well, we need a driver's license in order to drive, operate a car. Now, I'm not talking to y'all that's out there on the streets illegal. But to those of us who don't want to get in trouble with the law, we get a driver's license. Then we have to secure these plates and those expensive stickers to put on the plate so that you can operate that uh, car for transportation. Uh -huh. Then we need a medical card of some sort to get seen by a doctor, a specialist, to be admitted to a hospital or establishment of medical care. And it's actually quite funny because if you're sick, particularly if you go to the emergency room, you can be on your last leg, your last breath, but they want a card and they want to know how you gonna pay before you get a service. For some professions, you not only have to pass your exams or complete dissertations, you have to do clinicals and et cetera. You need to be certified or licensed in some instances just to do business. You may even have been on a job for a long time, trained the boss who's about 20 or 25 years younger than you are, and then you're required to be certified to continue doing the job that you've been doing for 20 years to stay on the job and get paid. But these are necessary things to get along in the world, and yet it's, it's conforming. But then we have some of other things that make it a little tougher, we would say. Um, what's the kind of car we drive and the size of the TV in our home? What kind of cell phone? iPod, ePod, NextPod, smartphone, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, linked out. Uh, it's just a wave of technology. The language that we used is consistent with the circle I'm a part of. It's just the word of the world, right? That's the way many of us would say it. God's word wouldn't say, I beseech and ask by his mercies or present ourselves a particular way and tell us don't conform if there wasn't a reason for it. 
Now, as soon as we accept Christ as our personal Savior, we have a hookup with the Trinity, and they have some tools too. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I'm known of my sheep. So God knows us. And when we get close to him, we know him. Matthew 6 and 33 tells us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. God didn't say we couldn't have and partake and enjoy things in the world, but there's a way to do it. And if you seek him and get close to him first, you'll find how things will happen. Then he says in Psalms 119, 105, that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We don't have to get lost. We don't have to look where we're going. If we get close to God, he'll light the way. He'll show us the way. Then he tells us in Timothy 2, and 2 Timothy 2.15 to study, to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you get to go, God, when you love God, when you stay in the presence of God, you don't get worried about what other people think about you and what say about you, because God is shown off a keeper. I, I tell my Bible class sometimes that you don't need to be uppity and, and be proud, but when we're not perfect and we're going to fall short. But when you know you've come to Christ and God is your Savior and you do something to fall short because people look for us when we fall to tell you I thought you were a Christian. You don't have to hesitate. You don't have to think I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. You need to be sure of who you are and whose you are. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 tells us you will call upon me. Come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's no need to be concerned about getting close to God. You don't need a cell phone. You don't need to look him up on Facebook. You don't have to call him on Twitter. You don't have to worry about any trouble with any transmitters and wind storms and well, water storms, and when I use the cell phone, sometimes I get in these areas called dead zones. It just goes dead. You can't talk. You don't have to worry about all of that when you talk to Jesus. And when you call him and you trust him, he will answer. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, there's no weapon formed against me that can prosper. So don't worry about it. I love the song that we sing sometimes I'm holding on that says, you can dig a ditch, but you better dig two. The trap you set might be for you. Because when God didn't put it in me, you can't do nothing to stop me. You can't block me. Might slow me down. Sometimes you startle me. But when I talk to my father about it, you got to get on out of my way. Colossians 3 and 22 and 23 says, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Remembering God is our source. Then Acts 5 and 29 says we ought to obey God rather than men. Peter and some of the apostles were locked up in a Roman jail. And they were battering them and abusing them and they were being punished for talking about the man Jesus they wanted him to change their language but Peter when he was brought before the high priest in the council told them I'm going to obey God and I'm not changing anything that you're asking me to say 
So it tells us to let our conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For God has said in Hebrew 13 and 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Saints, we're compelled to transform our thinking by the renewing of our minds and apply the behaviors which are Christ-like. Now the devil, he's going to make sure that we're tested in some way. John 10 and 10 tells us that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But when you think about the tools that God has given us, we've got something lasting, we've got something powerful, and no devil in hell can stop us when we got God on our side. Well, you know, somebody woke up this morning with your mind, stayed on Jesus. You had a song in your heart. You came here to worship and praise. And before you got up in here, Sister Buttercup showed up in your face with an attitude bringing you some trouble. You walked right into her and she wanted to present you some mess. Well, now you're being tried to find out how you're going to behave. Are you going to conform to what the devil's putting on your heart? Are you going to allow the God that you serve to transform your mind to the thinking so that you go to the hills from which cometh your help? And you tell Sister Buttercup, I love you. I came with Jesus on my mind this morning, and I'm not letting nothing get between me and my Savior. So I'm not going to be turned around. Come on in. Let's enjoy God together this morning. Sometimes you find yourselves at the job, and You've gotten consent from the supervisor to leave the job early, and they come in at the last minute and say, well, overtime's been called, and everybody's got to work. You try to appeal to that manager and say, well, you've told me that I could be off. It doesn't matter. Everybody's got to work. Somebody's watching you to see just how you're going to behave. But you got to tell them right at that point, it's okay. God has taught me to render to Caesar what Caesar's. And God is going to pay. So as I walk through this, sometimes it's the valley. But I say sometimes when I walk through discouragement, sometimes I walk through depression, sometimes I walk through pain, sometimes I walk through friendlessness, sometimes I walk through heartache, sometimes I walk through. But you know what? It said through. And then he told me he wouldn't leave me nor forsake me, so he gave me that rod that's on one side and the staff on the other side. So if you want me to work all night long, I'm going to work because Jesus is my source. And whatever I had to take care of, he's already fixed that too. Sometimes we're in a position of authority and you feel like I can do pretty much what I'd like to do. Well, do I treat people any kind of way? Do I misuse money because I'm over the money? Do I take an alter the paperwork because I'm big and bad enough to do that? Do I act like a lot of the politicians and CEOs? Do I just rob, cheat, and steal and do what I want to do? Nobody's looking at me. And the devil would be pleased if I buy into that because that's just the way of the world. But here's the time when we begin to allow what's in us to come out of us. See, I've been filled with God's word. I've learned to stay in worship and praise with God at all times. So I can do something to transform my thinking so that I don't do what you would expect me to do. But because by the mercies of God, 
I know that doesn't matter to you that I do wrong. But see, you didn't wake me up this morning. God did. You didn't open the door that was closed in my face. God did. You aren't the one that's going to make a way out of no way for me. God did. So whether I'm doing it right or not, God knows. And to me, that matters. And oh, then sometimes you have to listen to these doctors and they'll tell you, I've done all I can do. And there was a time when people would say things and, and I would be working with them and I would get upset, but I've grown to understand. And I just said this to somebody not too long ago when this was told to them. The doctor has done all he can do. But that's all right. Let's not get upset about that. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up any hope. He's just an instrument being used by God anyway. God is moving him or her out of the way because God is the healer. So when we go, we go to the book where it says, by his stripes, we're healed because God is a keeper. You see, we can't wait until the situation comes to determine how we're going to act. We can't wait until we're depressed. We can't wait until the burdens come. We can't wait until we're bent and broken. We can't wait until our eyes are filled with tears. We can't wait until we're in the lawyer's office. We can't wait until we're in the doctor's office. We can't wait until the drug dealer has taken somebody we love. We can't wait to get the pink slip. We can't wait until that person walks out of our lives. We can't wait until we've been falsely accused. We can't wait until our back's up against the wall. We can't wait until there's no money in our pockets. We can't wait. We've got to have a relationship with God right now. We've got to come to Jesus right now. We've got to read his word right now. We've got to study right now. We've got to get those songs in our hearts and praise and worship him. Not when trouble comes. Not when we don't think we have anything else to do. But each and every day. That way when we are in a conforming situation, we have something to renew. Remember, renew was to restart, restore, bring up again. But if you don't have anything in you, you don't have nothing to renew. I remember as a child, I always ran with my grandmother. My grandmother was, uh, she loved to sing too, and she was in the gospel chorus. And I was a member of the gospel chorus. I was the gospel chorus ed, I guess, uh, seven or eight years old. Our church was a part of 11 other churches in the city, and they had formed what they called the 12 Choir Union. They met the second Sunday of every month at one of the churches, and the pastor of that church brought the message. There was a lady that was there, and she very seldom missed the second Sunday. And I recall her always saying, if you don't put anything in the bank, you can't draw anything out. And as a child, I used to laugh about that, and I said, well, no, I didn't have nothing to put in the bank, so I know I'm not drawing nothing out, and I'm just glad I got my grandmama. But it was later on that I understood 
what she meant. She was saying, if you don't know God, if you haven't worshipped God, if you haven't been alone with God, you don't know what I'm shouting about. But when you know the God I serve, and he's deep on the inside of me, I got something in my bank, and I know what I'm shouting about. Even the professional ball players, I think, have found the secret out. Dwayne Wade is in, has a commercial, and it says, win from within. And that caught my attention. Y'all, yeah, y'all, I get into sports when the basketball comes. Amen. I like the playoffs, too. Amen. And I know they've practiced, and they've watched tapes, and they discuss their plays. Uh, we see the quick passes, and the turnovers, and the turn-ons, and the excellent shots. But it takes what they have in their mind, the skills that they have developed, and then the drive in their hearts to take them, make them be sharp when they get on the courts. They can't wait to get on the court to try to show off if they haven't done anything in the background. It all comes together there. So this one doesn't know when I point and tell him to move over there because I'm going to throw it back here. If I haven't practiced that shot, I don't know it. That's how some of the interceptions happen that happen when they fall short. But you remember, they can't wait until the playoffs. They can't wait until they get on the court. They got to prepare in advance. Because if they don't have it together in their minds, they can't make the play either. I have a friend who's a teacher at a church, and she has an elementary class. And she had given them the 23rd Psalms to learn. And she decided one Sunday, I'm going to see if any of them are learning it. And she asked for a volunteer, and a couple of volunteers came forward. The first little guy said, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. He makes me lie in pastures. She said, OK. Next little guy came up, and he said, well, the Lord is my shepherd. I got everything I need. And they were finished. And she said she couldn't really scold them. She was going to correct them. She said, but they had something. She said, they knew something us adults ought to learn. They just took it right to the point. If God is my shepherd, and we know he's head of our life, I don't need anything else. If God is my shepherd, and I get everything I need, I don't need anything else. She said, I'm going to help them get it right, but I like the essence of the point that they gave me. You think about there a song that you keep in your heart in the mid night hours. We have scriptures and God teaches us to hide them in our hearts so that we don't sin against him. But being a part of this world, we love music. And many times there's a song in your heart. And in the midnight hour, sometimes you wake up and you may be reciting the scripture, but then you let a song come to your heart. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. You can't make me doubt him. I have faith in God. Jesus, be a fence all around me. I need thee every hour. But one song has always been on my heart that I've always loved. And I didn't quite understand why I loved it. And it's Jesus, keep me near the cross. 
It's not the word. It's not the wood. It wasn't the dirt that the wood went down in. It wasn't Mary, the mother of Jesus, at the foot of the cross. It wasn't all the people. Some were in pain for what Jesus was suffering through. And some were there with bleeding. Jesus. Nobody but Jesus paid the price 
for you and for me. We should never fail in conforming by the renewing of our minds. We're not perfect, never will be. But our striving ought to be a real serious, a serious action that we take every day. Hebrew 13 and 8 tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yes, the world and all its pleasures has much to offer us. God has put things in the world for us to enjoy. But we don't need to conform to the ways of the world. We can enjoy them, but we can enjoy them in the right way. We must make choices. Nobody needs to tell us. The church isn't a nightclub. We don't need to come in here like we are just looking any kind of way. Acting any kind of way. Person, when you put Jesus in your life, when you think about the cross, you want to come in here and look like a child of the king. That doesn't mean that you got to go and spend a lot of money. But it's saying cover yourself. Look like the king would look. If you're distracting somebody, you're not looking like the child of the king. God's not the author of confusion. Technology has its advantages. It has its place. But when it supersedes what we do, how we do it, and the amount of time that it requires from us, that we cheat God, we have conformed. We need to renew our minds and be transformed. Now, if we come wanting and desiring to hear the word of God, you don't have to worry about it. We don't have to tell you to turn your cell phones off. We don't have to ask you to stop texting. Jesus don't have to be texted on Sunday morning. If you got a prayer in your heart and a song on your mind, you can tell Jesus about it without moving anything. So when you get in the place of conforming, you, you allow the devil place. We're living in a day, saints, where we need to grow up and show up and let the world see the Jesus by the transformation because of the renewing of our minds. Oh, you know, I mentioned a little earlier, we had some tools to navigate in this world, but I didn't mention the cost. We pay when we first acquire those licenses and those stickers, health insurance, and we have to renew them on a regular basis, usually annually. Very seldom do you get a renewal notice and there hasn't been an increase in the cost. I didn't even mention the heating bill and the water bill and the property taxes. And I don't want to list all those because that's enough to depress all of us. But the tools that our Heavenly Father has mentioned, seeking Him first, calling Him when you need Him, that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. By His stripes we're healed. That everything has been paid in full. We don't need to renew our minds we need to renew our minds, which directs our actions, and we get the benefit. It's all free. 
Jesus paid the cost. Out on that hill called Calvary. Oh yeah, we gotta pay our bills to live here. It's the way of the world. But we got Jesus and we're covered. See, bills will be paid. Ways will be made. Doors will be opened that you thought were closed. Put your mind at ease. You can sleep tonight. If you know Jesus, if you've accepted him as your personal savior, you're covered. Don't worry about the recession, depression, or repossessions. You're covered. When the doctor turns their back on you and say, I've given up, don't worry about it. You're covered. When the lawyer don't know what to do, take Jesus the judge in the courtroom with you. It's been paid in full. Renewal, saints, is not an option. It gives us, it gives God a right to demand us that we not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And when you get to know him as your personal savior, you can say late at night, there's something about the name Jesus. There's something about the name Jesus. It's the sweetest name. I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It's just the sweetest name. I know. Sometimes in the midnight hour, when I wake up, and the tears are running down my And that's what makes me love. 